0: Bill Gates says, we should eat synthetic meat. Yeah, no thanks. Aunt Jemima, bye bye Kit Kat going vegan, black coffee, good for your heart. Bold Alpha is presented by Davidoff of Geneva, makers of Camacho and the Camacho Connecticut. Tame but tuned up to deliver more flavor and more satisfaction. Whether it's morning, noon, or night, It's always the perfect time for Camacho, Connecticut. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new San Miguel, a medium-to-full-bodied Nicaraguan puro that delights the senses with notes of white pepper, gentle earthiness, and a sweet honey-like finish. The new San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkasCigars.com. Greetings and salutations, a snappy salute. It is Alpha Dave, your global five-star general alpha male in chief, front and center from Command Center Alpha, and we welcome you to Bold Alpha, your home for alpha male lifestyle conversational maneuvers and unabashed commentary. Bill Gates, who is the co-founder of the Bill and Melissa Gates Foundation, who believe that they are the divine authority on viruses. Meanwhile, Bill Gates when he was the CEO of Microsoft, co-founder of Microsoft as well, couldn't even figure out a way to stop viruses on Windows. Yet now all of a sudden he's an expert at st- uh, stopping and solving viruses and pandemics for the world. Now he's got a comment- and uh, commentary on wh- what we should eat here in the United States and in developed countries. He stated that rich countries such as the United States and Western Europe should switch from real beef to eating 100% synthetic beef. He was speaking at uh, an environmental impact conference with the MIT Technology Review, talking about various green initiatives aimed at reducing global carbon emissions. Now, this is the same guy that has just admitted that he travels in private planes, lives in, I think, a 32,000-square-foot home in uh, outside of Seattle, and he says, yeah, I probably use too much, too much uh, in terms of carbon uh, energy and carbon emissions, but I'm pledged to buy 100% offsets for all the carbon emissions I use. This offset nonsense is the biggest crock of bullshit ever created. It's nothing more than a way to make these supposed climate change activists feel good and not guilty about consuming loads of carbon-based fuel while at the same time saying, oh, no, 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 but I'm, I'm buying offsets. Who the hell knows where these offsets go? It's all a big charade, or as they say in Britain, as Mick the Brit would say, a large charade, General. It would be a large charade. Well, Bill Gates said that we should switch to 100% synthetic meat. Have you ever looked at what's in synthetic meat? The soybean, the salt, the chemicals? No, thanks. Here's what he said. I do think all rich countries should move to 100% synthetic beef. You can get used to the taste difference. And the claim is they're going to make it taste even better over time. Eventually, that green premium is modest enough that you can sort of change the behavior of people or use regulation to totally shift the demand. Ah, now we see what he's up to, what all these climate change activists are up to. First of all, it's nothing more than a transfer of wealth scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme. That's all it is. transferring wealth from those who are low to middle class, so that those who are the upper, upper, upper echelon, the top one one-hundredth of one percent, can get even wealthier, because they'll be the ones that will be spewing all this new technology, carbon emission technology and climate change technology. They'll all benefit, yet they'll still travel around in their private jets, just like John Kerry, the new climate czar under fraudulent President Beijing Biden, They'll still travel because they can justify it. Because he said, well, for someone like me, I need to be traveling private to get to where I need to go. Ah, but it's not okay for everybody else. And now we see exactly what it's all about. Bill Gates admitted it. He said, you can sort of change the behavior of people or use regulation to totally shift the demand. So they want to change our behavior. Now, I find it amazing. He wants to change our behavior from using less carbon fuel, carbon emissions, so therefore we should, instead of eating meat, because let's face it, cows produce methane gas, it costs, uh, you need to run the tractors and the hay, so they say that all this contributes to climate change. But again, has he changed his behavior? Has he moved into a 3,000 square foot house? Does he travel commercial? The answer is no, for Gates, for Bloomberg, for John Kerry, for Al Gore, all these people that claim that the earth is going to end in 10 years if we don't... Al Gore's been spewing this for the last 30 years. The earth has got the flu. If we don't change it right now, we're going to explode. The earth as we know, it's going to end. They said it 40 years ago and 30 years ago and 20 years ago and 10 years ago and today. And it's amazing. Every, every time they say, if we don't do anything right now, 10 years, we're gone. Well, 40 years ago, they said it. We're still here. 30 years ago, they said it. We're still here. 20 years ago, they said it. We're still here. 10 years ago, they said it. We're still here. They're saying it today. In 10 years. The earth will still be here it's been here for millions of years it will be here for another million years so they want to change our behavior use regulation let me translate that taxation they want to use taxation to control your consumption they're doing it with sugary flavored drinks they do it with cigars they do it with spirits they will eventually do it with coffee because we all know caffeine is a drug, the number one consumed drug in the United States, actually in the world, caffeine. All these ultra-liberals, all their their entire playbook, play one, two, three, four, five through fifty is change the behavior through taxation and regulation. That's their entire playbook yet they never change their behavior. Again, to them, the rules don't apply. What's good for the goose is not good for the gander. So Al Gore will still live in a humongous house, multiple homes I'm sure, travel in his private jets all over the place. I have no problem with that. But then he'll wag his finger and say everybody else needs needs to buck up for climate change. Just like the same people saying, we need to switch to electric vehicles. We need to go EV, electric vehicles. But they'll still drive around in SUVs. They'll still have their motorcades. They'll still consume carbon fuel, regular gas. But for us, no. And here's the one thing they always forget. If we all go to electric vehicles, 270 million vehicles in this country are replaced with electric vehicles. You have to recharge those batteries somehow. Does it happen magically? No. It happens when you go into your garage and you plug in, plug your car into the outlet that spews power. And where does the power come from? It comes from the electric grid and there is a power plant somewhere. Could be natural gas, coal, although coal is going away. Could be nuclear, could be hydro. If you live in New York State, you live in Nevada, Colorado, California, much power comes from hydro, windmills, and solar. And as they're learning in Texas, that when you replace all sorts of natural gas or other power plants with renewables, sustainable power, Windmills, solar, doesn't work so well at massive demand levels. Right now in Texas, it's freezing. Storm warnings, snow, crazy, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin. And when Texas decided that they were going to implement more wind, they bought these giant windmills. But they didn't buy it with the technology that would allow the ice to be removed from those giant blades, just like on an airplane. You need anti-icing or de-icing, whether it's heat, whether it's a fluid. And in Texas, they said, well, we don't get those freezing temperatures. So guess what has happened? The windmills have frozen shut. They've frozen closed. The blades won't turn because of the ice. The mechanism, the hub, won't turn because of the ice. They've got helicopters that are now trying to spray these giant turbines, these windmills, with de-icing solution, de-icing fluid, not working out so well. So, again, we should all eat synthetic meat, never mind that it's loaded with garbage and chemicals. Do you think Bill Gates is going to stop eating regular meat? you think he's going to eat the chemical garbage? We all know the answer to that. Not going to happen. Aunt Jemima has been around for eons. For over 130 years, when you've gone into the supermarket, you saw Aunt Jemima. And when I'd look at the Aunt Jemima label, I can I, I can see it right now. In fact, I'm looking at a picture of the Aunt Jemima bottle right now. And it's got a picture of a black woman, actually a real woman, who was the for many years the brand ambassador for Aunt Jemima. Now, they have updated the look over many years. Initially... Until 1989, they featured a woman that uh, looked like she was on a plantation uh, with a a big plate of pancakes, butter on top, big smile, and they replaced it with a more contemporary woman, more contemporary Aunt Jemima. But actually, there was a lady who was portrayed by a real-life woman named Nancy Green, who'd been born into slavery— And Aunt Jemima was based on an 1800s mammy, a black servant in a white household. Well, that changed, but Nancy Green represented the brand for many, many years. She was very proud to be associated with the brand. And when I look at the Aunt Jemima bottle right now, I have to say, the woman that's portrayed now, I look and I say, I think I'd like to have breakfast with that woman. Aunt Jemima, I wouldn't mind having breakfast with her. She seems like a very nice lady. Nice smile, happy. You got the red... Label with gold and pancakes with the butter and a little bit of the syrup. So for years and years and years, Aunt Jemima, I think, is the number one brand. I think Log Cabin is the second brand. Now, it's not real maple syrup. It is a chemically derived concoction, and I'll get to that in just a little bit. But Pepsi Quaker Oats owns the brand, which is owned by PepsiCo. They make Pepsi, they make uh, Mountain Dew. I believe they make Mountain Dew, Mr. Pibb, I think, unless that's Coca-Cola. I don't know. All I know is they have Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, Lay's potato chips, Doritos, uh, Funyuns. They've got all the good stuff, all in the snack aisles that the food police would like to come after. So they purchased Quaker Oats, Quaker Oats has owned Aunt Jemima for many, many years. And after last summer's George Floyd protest... National Outcry for Racial Equality, Pepsi, decided that they were going to change the name because they felt that the brand, even though it was updated a number of years ago, it did not remove racial stereotypes. It hadn't progressed enough to appropriately reflect the dignity, respect, and warmth that the brand stands for today. Well, All I can tell you is there was no Blacks that were saying, hey, we need to change the Aunt Jemima. It's terrible. In fact, I saw a TV interview not that long ago, and they interviewed both white people and black people. They said, what do you think? And most people are like, eh, kind of ridiculous. I don't really think about it that way. All the black people they interviewed say, no, I like it the way it is. I like Aunt Jemima. It, I, You Jemima. Know, the picture is fine. We like the brand. But again, all these corporations have to become woke they have to become hip. They have to say, oh, we, we have to take a proactive stand, even though there was no outcry saying, oh, Aunt Jemima is racist. They almost want to show we are empathetic and we, we stand with Black Lives Matter. We stand with those people where George Floyd was, was beaten and we stand with BLM. And so, therefore, we are going to change the name of our brand. Well, they're going to kill the brand. They have announced that, well, first of all, they filed the trademark for a new logo on February 1st, and they announced that over the coming months, they're going to be changing the name of the brand from Aunt Jemima to Pearl Milling Company. Sergeant Steve, let me ask you a question. Does Pearl Milling Company give you any sort of warmth of the brand or affection for the brand or make you say, you know, I want to have some Pearl Milling Company syrup on my pancakes. It definitely does not sound like syrup. Uh, it doesn't, right. Pearl Milling, Co- it sounds like, I don't know, that they're going to, you know, look at oysters and find pearls. I mean, just <laughs> Pearl Milling Company. That was the original company. They went back and that was the original company that made the, the uh, the pancake mix, and then eventually, I think, uh, which traces its roots, they were a pancake mix company before syrup. So they looked and said, "Let's go back to our roots." And I love it. Their their senior VP and uh, chief marketing officer said, "We looked, and this this name evokes warmth, and and evokes a a, a a nod to our history and our past." Are you kidding me? Your history that no one knows about. That no one knows about. I mean, they say that. It's starting a new day with Pearl Milling Company, rooted in the brand's historic beginnings and its mission to create moments that matter at the breakfast table. That is corporate bullshit for we dumped Aunt Jemima, we want to be woke, and now we, we, we couldn't come up with a better name, so this is what we came up with. Let me translate, they're going to kill the brand. I guarantee you, even though they're keeping the same look, now they've they've got a, a picture of what the new bottle will look like. It's pretty much the same label, with the exception they take the Aunt Jemima off towards the top. They get rid of Aunt Jemima, and then it has Pearl Milling Company. And in the round circle where Aunt Jemima was, it looks like part of a red brick building that's in there. And they and they made the script to go a little bit more retro. But I gotta tell you, looking at this. I don't think it's going to evoke any. People are going to look at it and say, Pearl Milling Company, what the hell is that? Stupid. So I don't believe that by changing the name, they're going to satisfy anybody. Because, again, people that were on various newscasts, blacks, whites, everyone said, geez, I kind of like Aunt Jemima the way it is. I don't look at it in a racial context. But they have to make everything a racial context, just like Uncle Ben's. They changed the name of Uncle Ben's. I think it's now something just called Ben's Original or something like that. Like, Do you think people are going to protest because Uncle Ben's, Aunt Jemima? I think they're going to kill the brand personally. Now, here's the thing, why you should not eat Aunt Jemima or buy Aunt Jemima to begin with. Let me give you the list of ingredients that are in Aunt Jemima syrup. Corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup. Water, cellulose gum, caramel color, flavor, sodium benzoate, sorbic acid, and sodium hexametaphosphate. Do I want to eat something called sodium hexametaphosphate? That doesn't sound good. I mean, look at all the ingredients in there. Corn syrup, high fructose sugar, cellulose, sodium benzoate, sorbic acid, sodium hexametaphosphate. And if you think that log cabin is better... As a kid, for whatever reason, my mother would always buy a log cabin. I don't know why. But let's take a look at the log cabin ingredients. Corn syrup, liquid sugar, water, salt, natural artificial flavor, lactic acid, sodium hexametaphosphate, preservatives, sodium benzoate, sorbic acid, caramel color, phosphoric acid. Any of those sound appetizing to you, Sergeant Steve? Well, I know I do like Antrimima syrup, so it must be appetizing. Uh, well yeah but once you read what's in it here's here's what I like to buy when I in the very rare event I have pancakes 100% pure maple syrup whether it's from New Hampshire, New York, Ontario, Quebec, Vermont. In fact, I was in the store recently and I saw a bottle of 100% pure Vermont maple syrup and all I can could think about was Bernie Sanders, the great Bernard Sanders and I use the term great loosely saying let me tell you something. Our pure Vermont maple syrup is very delicious. We don't harm the trees. However, I would like every tree to have health care. Every tree should have the right to get an education, free college education for every tree. After all, the sap is coming from the tree. It's the least that we can do because these trees are producing a product, making money, and they should have the right to good health care, to good college education, and to good social benefits. I want every tree that produces maple syrup in Vermont to be properly properly compensated. If not, we're going to have big problems. Only Bernie Sanders. I can see that now. Do we have the Forest Union? Yes, we're gonna have the we're gonna have the tree union. The trees are gonna to vote together. And by the way, every tree should have the same type of mittens on all their branches that I wore at the inauguration. They should have those very, very geeky large mittens on every single branch. Leave it to Bernard Sanders. I, I'm telling you, the guy is so machinal, he would come up with something along those lines. So I can tell you this. So far, we're 0 for two. I'm not going to eat synthetic meat, and I'm certainly Not going to consume or buy Pearl Milling Company pancake syrup. Camacho cigars are known for their strength and character. It's in their DNA. They're unconventional. Now, you know when you talk about a mild-bodied cigar with a Connecticut wrapper, it's the same story. Light, golden, mild... Yawn. Camacho decided they were going to strip it down and tune it up with more flavor, more satisfaction, enough to earn a seat at the Camacho table. While still maintaining a nice medium-bodied character, the Camacho Connecticut starts with a Connecticut wrapper from Honduras, a binder from Honduras Authenticorojo, and Honduran Dominican Republic filler. What do you get? A nice medium-bodied cigar that is tuned up, that delivers cream, woody nuttiness to round out spice and sweetness. Camacho, Connecticut. Good any time of day or night, morning, noon or night. You can never go wrong. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Those of us that enjoy chocolate bars, I personally love milk chocolate. Now, I like the really good, you know, the Swiss milk chocolate. When you have the real deal where it's really a high cocoa content, there's nothing like it. It's creamy, melts in your mouth. It's not like the chocolate bars that we buy at the supermarket or the drugstore. Don't get me wrong. Love my Snickers bars. I love the Hershey's bars with the almonds. Even the $100,000 bars. I mean, all those candy bars you can't go wrong with. They're good, but they're not of the high-quality supreme chocolate that you get from, say, Switzerland or Girodeli or any of those type of gourmet chocolatiers. And most of us think, okay, well, we're going to have a chocolate bar. We don't think about whether it's vegan or not. We enjoy it. It tastes good. We're good to go. Well, apparently, people that are vegan do not want to consume milk or milk chocolate. So therefore, Nestle's has announced that they are releasing a vegan Kit-Kat bar called the Kit-Kat V. What a creative name, the Kit-Kat V. I'm not sure if that's for vegan or for virgin. Or as Bart would say, I have a Kit-Kat virgin." The Kit-Kat V slated to test at retailers several countries later this year in hopes of a wider release. Fans have been asking for a vegan Kit-Kat, apparently, for a while. The plant-based recipe... Developed at Nestle's Confectionery Research Center in the United Kingdom. KitKat V is certified vegan, made from 100% sustainably sourced cocoa. The brand is amongst the first major confectioners to offer a plant based chocolate option, though Lint and Mars sell an oat milk based and vegan chocolate bar, respectively, in international markets. Now, Most dark chocolates, I didn't realize this, are vegan because they don't have milk in there. Nestle has previously released sausage substitutes as well as non-dairy ice cream and coffee products that are vegan. Now, the question is, do I want to try something that a a Kit Kat V that doesn't necessarily have milk chocolate? Do I want to try something with an oat milk? Or an almond milk? Now I've tried almond milk before. Very low in calories. In fact, uh, cigar sister Lynn turned me on to that. I was having breakfast this past summer and she, I there was no milk. And she said, Well, I've had almond milk. And I said, Almond milk? Like how, how do they milk an almond? You know, I mean do you have to like are there little udders on an almond? That's what I thought. I mean, is there little udders? You have some guy with, you know, very small fingers every morning milking the almonds? Well, apparently there is some process to extract the milk out of almonds, and I tried it, and actually I will tell you that it was pretty good. It didn't taste too different from milk, but way lower in calories. So it actually wasn't that bad. But to me, I don't want a vegan candy bar. And I do like Kit Kats, by the way. But if I'm going to have a Kit Kat, I'm going to have the real thing. Gurkha is known for producing the world's finest cigars. When you look at their blends, you look at their packaging, you look at the bands, everything about Gurkha screams quality. Gurkha has just released a new cigar that is totally about absolute taste and quality, the San Miguel by Gurkha. It's a Nicaraguan Puro, Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler. Perfect medium to full-bodied balance, loaded with complexity, layers of flavor, including white pepper, a nice natural earth tone, finished with a sweet honey-like taste. San Miguel by Gurkha. Features 100% Aganorsa Leaf, Nicaraguan Shade Grown Corojo Wrapper, Double Nicaraguan Binder, Nicaraguan Filler. If you're looking for a medium to full-bodied beauty, go no further. Then the new San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkasCigars.com. All right, lastly, there's all these studies we hear. Coffee's good for you, coffee's not good for you. Wine is good for you, wine is not good for you. Spirits are good for you, spirits are not. We hear all this conflicting, you know, back and forth. Well, I've always believed everything in moderation is fine for you. Well, now a new study. We're always seeing these new studies that come out. A study published last week in the American Heart Association journal Circulation entitled, Heart Failure, Analyze Self-Reported Dietary Information from the Original Framingham Heart Study. Well, it took a look at coffee consumption. And it turns out that coffee is actually good for you so long as it's black coffee and caffeinated, which really shocked me. Drinking one or more cups of plain, caffeinated, leaded coffee, as they say, was associated with a long-term reduced risk of heart failure, according to a review of data from three major studies by the American Heart Association. The benefit, however, did not extend to decaf. Now, that shocked me because you think caffeine, we know caffeine in moderation is okay. It's a stimulant. It's okay for you. But an excess can create high blood pressure, heart palpitations. I mean, you see some of these people that drink caffeine, these Red Bulls, you know, or these these, uh, sodas that are like, you know, caffeinated to the max. Not good for you. But again, what do we say? Everything in moderation. The benefit did not extend to decaf. Instead, the analysis found an association between decaf coffee and increased risk for heart failure. Now, they say, while unable to prove causality, it is intriguing that these three studies suggest that drinking coffee is associated with a decreased risk of heart failure and that coffee can be part of a healthy dietary pattern if consumed plain without added sugar and high-fat dairy products such as cream. And they looked at a 10-year study of cardiovascular risk over 21,000 Americans, and this is what they were able to come up with. It compared... Coffee drinkers with people who did not drink coffee. The analysis found the risk of heart failure over time decreased between five and twelve percent for each cup of coffee consumed each day. But when people drank two or more cups of black coffee a day, the risk decreased by about thirty percent. Even some doctors. Uh, one of the senior authors, Dr. David Kao, K-A-O is how it's uh, a spelled, but it's. Kao Kao, medical director of the Colorado Center for Personalized Medicine at the University of Colorado School of Medicine in Aurora, Colorado, said the association between caffeine and heart failure risk reduction was surprising. Coffee and caffeine are often considered by the general population to be bad for the heart because people associate them with palpitations, high blood pressure, the consistent relationship between increasing caffeine consumption and decreasing heart failure risk turns that assumption on its head now remember it's black coffee don't put the artificial sweetener don't put the regular sugar don't put in all sorts of milk that takes away the effect and here's one thing for this study and for most studies a cup of coffee is equivalent to eight ounces if you go to Starbucks or you go to Dunkin' Donuts or Tim Hortons or McDonald's at the McCafe and you order a medium cup of coffee or even a small, it's usually 16 ounces. So if you go to Starbucks and get a grande, that's the equivalent of two cups of coffee. So you've already hit the, the if you have those two cups, according to these studies, it reduces risk, uh, decreases your risk of heart failure by 30%. So who knows? I've always said, and I really believe this, everything in moderation. Look, I have a cup of freshly ground espresso decaf right in front of me here. Actually, you can hear the china because we're very classy here at Bold Alpha and our brother podcast, the Cigar Dave Show podcast. You can, if you listen, hear that? That is my cup and saucer because all of my coffee I consume in a proper cup. Let me take a sip here. Mmm. Decaf, although wait a minute, I'm going to have to switch because decaf doesn't have the effect. So therefore, I'm going to have to switch to one cup, no more than 16 ounces per day of caffeinated coffee. But let me take a sip here. Mm. Freshly ground, freshly brewed espresso. Can't go wrong. That's what we serve at Command Center Alpha, only the finest. Speaking of the finest, you know what goes great with coffee Freshly ground and brewed coffee, great cigars. And if you are interested in becoming a cigar connoisseur, you already are a cigar connoisseur and you want to enhance your cigar horizons, I suggest you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Every month you get three cigars shipped to you in an Officers Club Ziploc pouch. And we feature cigars that are the latest and greatest, newly released. Last month, January, we featured the brand-new Alec & Bradley Kintsugi, beautiful medium-bodied cigar. Our Officers Club members were amongst the first in the world to get that Kintsugi, to get that new brand. While other people are just still waiting for it, you already got that, uh, what, three weeks ago. Now, in February, we're featuring a very unique Selection, a trio of brands from Crown Heads. They are acclaimed for their rare artisanal cigars. We've got three of their artisanal cigars. First up, we have the La Coalición, a stellar collaboration between John Huber of Crown Heads, great blender Willie Herrera of Dura State. They created a full bodied cigar, a bevy of delightful notes. Then, Mil Diaz. Now, what is Mil DS mean? Well, that's a thousand days because it took a thousand days to come up with the right blend and aging the cigar properly. So a thousand days to create that brand. And they were looking for a name and they say, why don't we just call it Mil Diaz in Spanish? So Mil Diaz delivers a medium-bodied cornucopia of exquisite flavor. Starts with an oily Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Peruvian and Costa Rican cigar tobaccos in the blend, massive cigar pleasure. And the final cigar in the trio of artisanal cigars from Crown Heads, the Jericho Hill, dedicated to... Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. The Man in Black, it showcases Johnny, because he always wore black, they use a Mexican San Andres marron or Maduro wrapper that is dark. It looks like dark chocolate, like espresso. Delivers medium to full-flavored harmonious notes. Beautiful cigar. So we've got a a nice medium-bodied cigar, a full-bodied cigar, and a full, full full-plus-bodied cigar in the Crown Heads Portfolio Sampler for February. If you want to join the Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com right now, $22.95 per month. Get you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars, and we deliver value. I mean, I think these cigars, if I'm not mistaken, are well over 30 bucks in value. So we always deliver great value, great cigars. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club. All the details, information, past selections there, $22.95 per month. You will enjoy three fabulous cigars shipped to you each and every month. Don't forget to... Subscribe to the Bold Alpha podcast. Tell everybody you know. Give us a five-star rating if you would be so kind to match the five stars of this general. And also make sure that you go ahead and listen. Subscribe to our Brother Cigar Dave Show podcast as well. Alpha Dave, your global five-star general, alpha male in chief. As always, we talk the alpha male lifestyle, unafraid, unapologetic. Guilt is not an option. Live it up.